Hey everyone, I'm back for my second episode of this experimental podcast. Um, today I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, self-disgust and in some ways what that has to do with body image, um, or at least body insecurities, the idea that you would feel really uncomfortable in your skin. And I want to just start by saying that disgust is a topic that comes up with my clients a lot. Because whether a person feels that they look, you know, too big, too old, too flabby, too uh, anything, a lot of that too blank stuff, it comes down to I find that gross. I I feel like it's gross or disgusting. And when people complain about body, you know, how they feel in their bodies, a lot of times that is the, the language that comes up. They'll say, I just looked in the mirror and I just felt so gross or I tried these pants on, they didn't fit, I felt so disgusting. Um, or, you know, I'm, I'm too self-conscious to, uh, have sex with the lights on because I just feel like it's so gross. I don't want them to see me. So this is language and a concept that comes up all the time in all different ways and forms and different versions of body image issues. Now, part of the reason for that is that disgust and arousal, sexual arousal are mutually exclusive, meaning you can't be aroused sexually while you are in a an intense disgust place and you can't be disgusted when you are in an intense sexual arousal place fully sexually aroused and the reason for this is evolutionarily adaptive because if you really think about it i've said this before in my work um you know the the genitals and the excretory organs and everything is sort of all mixed up in this one spot in your body right and if somebody like left the bathroom without washing their hands. We have a disgust reaction. We're like, ew, gross, you know, you have to wash your hands. And then when you're aroused, you're turned on, you're, you're looking at that same part of your partner's body and you're like, hell yeah, I want to put my mouth on there, you know? Like it changes completely what we find sexy versus what we find disgusting, whether we are, ba- whether we are turned on or not, right? So is something that might sound really yucky to you while you're not turned on, sounds hot as hell while you're turned on. And it's part of the reason is that we, you know, evolve not to have like good hygiene and indoor plumbing and, you know, having hot baths every day with soap. So it makes a lot of sense that you would not probably procreate a whole lot if you were disgusted by you know, the human body, the smells, the, the sights, the taste, all of these things. So in order to make us procreate and do the whole thing and have sex with each other, um, evolution was like, here, I got you. I fixed it. Um, you just won't be disgusted. As soon as you get turned on, that, that'll just disappear. So it's a fabulous design. I mean, it's just, I could talk about this for a long time. It's so cool. But what happens a lot of times with body image is that somebody will ascribe disgust to something about themselves and then imagine or worry that other people are also ascribing disgust to that part of themselves and sometimes this is about someone specific you know like i am afraid my partner will find me disgusting if they see my cellulite my belly rolls my saggy boobs my acne my scar my whatever right Sometimes it's about someone specific who you want to be turned on around you. And this makes total sense. It's really, really concrete. It's really, really linear. You know, you want this person to be aroused and you intuitively know 
that if they were disgusted by you, they would not be aroused. So when it comes to a specific partner or someone who you want to be your sexual or romantic partner or just being out in the world dating, you know, or, or being on the search for a sexual or romantic partner, then there's a really cut and dry reason that disgust would get in the way uh, and become a body image issue because you ascribe disgust to an aspect of yourself that you worry will keep uh, your, your needs for sex and intimacy and partnership from getting met. Makes a ton of sense. But sometimes it's not about someone specific and it's not about getting your needs met by a sexual or romantic partner. Sometimes it's about everyone that you're afraid you'll disgust everyone. And this is a little less, less concrete. It's a little bit more complicated, a little bit more sort of ethereal. So when I work with a client who feels this way, a lot of times it comes down to feeling that she sort of owes people a positive experience of looking at her, which will sometimes, um, you know, if you've been familiar at all with my body image avatar work, which if not, you can go check it out. I have videos and stuff um, and a guide. But if you're familiar with it, then you know the self-objectifier is one of them. And the self-objectifier is often the person who will report this, that that they feel like they need everybody to find them attractive. Essentially, without necessarily naming it, because a lot of this stuff is unconscious, they will, they will come to realize that they feel like they need to turn everybody on. That it's sort of their job to be attractive to everyone. And it's not quite that simple, right? It's not like they're trying to turn, you know, if it's like a, a straight woman who sleeps with and partners with men, she doesn't necessarily need to like turn on other women, but there is a sense of like competition among other women for male attention and the idea that you have to turn men on because that's what they want and expect of you and like and also it's just sort of your job on earth is to be looked at because again you you view yourself as an object a sexual object rather than a sexual subject so you perceive your role in this whole <laughs> mating game to be about being looked at and consumed rather than looking and consuming so that's the self-objectifier will often report this. And all of this is to say that disgust plays a huge role in uh, a lot of my clients' body image issues. One of the real bummers of the whole thing is that when a self-objectifier feels disgusted by herself, she will not be able to get turned on and have the sex and intimacy that she's looking for. So this is a huge wrench in this whole plan right the goal is to get the sex and intimacy and partnership that you crave you think to yourself sort of unconsciously probably if i look hot enough i'll get those things and then because you focus on what about you isn't hot you focus on your flaws you focus on your weight you focus on whatever it is that you perceive to be a negative or potential disgusting thing to someone else then when you finally get in bed with someone, it's kind of unlikely that you're going to get fully aroused. It's unlikely that you're going to get fully turned on because you have this un, you know, sort of um, underlying disgust going on. You're disgusted by yourself. Your partner might not even notice. Your partner might think whatever the thing is is hot as hell. They might not think it's notable in the slightest. They might not even be able to see it. But you are disgusted by yourself, and so now you can't get fully turned on, which means you can't have the kind of sex and intimacy that you want. You won't feel as much pleasure. You won't feel as much um, satisfaction. It'll be harder to, to experience orgasm. It'll be harder to 
yeah, just to like really sink into it and enjoy it and let it be fulfilling. So disgust is a huge bummer if you're trying to have great sex. And a lot of this stuff is self-disgust that our partners don't even participate in. So this is an entirely closed system here for a lot of us. Now, granted, there are some shitty partners out there who will say things like, ew, you're disgusting, and those are not people you should partner with. And if you are partnered with one, I, I don't even honestly know what to say because I, I would like to say you should leave them, but I know things are more complicated than that. To me, it is completely fucking unacceptable to ever say to somebody that they're that they are disgusting and not only is it unacceptable because it's just a very cruel thing to say there are many other ways you could express that you're not feeling close to them that you're not feeling attracted to them that you're not feeling turned on there's lots of ways you could you can express that without um cruelly attacking someone in that way but also because somebody who finds you disgusting is probably not a good partner for you and this can change granted there are moments you know, maybe in one particular moment you felt disgust and in another moment you were able to tap into arousal and that's, that can all be true in a healthy relationship. But for the kind of situation that I'm thinking of, there are partners who will use this kind of insult to abuse their partners, uh, to make them feel small, to make them feel ugly, to make them feel um, sort of grateful to have a partner at all, like to, to control them. So it's completely unacceptable and anybody who would say it, I believe, uh, is not a safe or healthy partner in general. So complete sidetrack there. But um, going back to it, a lot of a lot of the work that I'm doing in the realm of disgust is just self-disgust with my clients. They feel grossed out by the thing, and then they project that everybody else will be grossed out too. And then, as a self-objectifier, they feel like they have failed at their job on earth, which is to look hot and turn people on, make other people have a positive enjoyable experience of looking at them because they're attractive um, or they feel like it will keep them from getting their needs for sex and intimacy met because they don't look good enough to get the partner who will give them the kind of sex and intimacy they're craving. So that's how disgust functions. Now, why am I talking about it today? I have a really disgusting story to share with you. It's actually not that disgusting, but it's a story about me. So recently I developed a rash all over my arms that was like spreading and being just very gross and weird. Um, and for a while, because, you know, I Googled things and, and my mom Googled things. And so for a few days, I was convinced it was scabies. And if you don't know what scabies are, they are disgusting. Please don't Google them. I don't recommend it. Um, it it's like little uh, mites that like lay eggs in your skin and then I don't know. It they burrow. It's it's horrifying. It's utterly horrifying. I had a I had a massive disgust response to learning about scabies and thinking that I might have them. Um, I am happy to report that 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 it is not does not seem to be what I have. But uh, what's interesting too is scabies are really itchy, and my rash was not itchy. But once I started reading about the idea of little mites burrowing through my skin, I developed an itchy response too, um, which confused the whole thing. Anyway. Um, so this is, we're getting real on this podcast here. Um, the reason I'm telling you this is because I have not felt disgusted by my body from a body image place in so long, just so long. I might be bloated. I might feel, uh, you know, like crampy when I have my period and I'm bleeding. There's plenty of things that I'm like not into that I might be like a, a little bit of that feeling of like, well, <laughs> it's not exactly disgust. It's just kind of like a teensy little um, flare-up of something that's similar to disgust or, or very, very mild disgust. Um, 
But I used to feel this all the time that like as soon as my abs weren't flat, they were gross. My, my boobs, you know, that weren't perky enough were disgusting. They would disgust my partner, I felt. Um, that anything other than like a perfect, uh, you know, round butt you could bounce a quarter off of would disgust people and that I was failing horribly at my job to look good on earth. I, I don't know if you can tell that I fell into the self-objectifier category with my own body image issues. So it's been a long time. I healed all that shit. I don't think about myself that way anymore. I don't take any of my value from how I look, nor do I believe that it has, how I look has any real bearing on, on what kind of life I live or, or who I am as a person or what I'm worth. So it just doesn't matter. I might look in the mirror and like not love what I see, but it just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel disgusted by it at this point, I don't think. However, the idea of little mites burrowing through my skin all over my arms and back gave me a disgust response. I was so grossed out and horrified <laughs> by this image. And I'm sorry if this is grossing anyone else out. I don't know if everybody has this strong of a response to this particular thing as me. Like maybe it just sounds like a weird rash to you, but I was, I was having, I was freaking out. So I had this huge response and I was like, this is so interesting because I get to play a little bit mentally now in the space of self-disgust which is such an important theme in my work in a way that I haven't gotten to do in years. Because when's the last time that I wanted to leave my skin and, and not come back? You know, it's been, it's been so long, but that is a common experience that my clients will report. They're like, if I could just leave this body behind, or if I could just chop off this fat, or if I could just like scrape off this cellulite or acne or whatever it is, because the disgust response makes us want to get the fuck away from whatever it is that disgusts us. And it is incredibly painful and difficult to live in a body that disgusts you because you want to get away from yourself. It's horrible. It is a horrible, torturous experience, which you know if you have ever been disgusted by your body. So it also, before I finish that thought, I should just say disgust is really functional. It's a really functional uh, emotion because it, it literally tells us to stay away from things that are bad for us you know, like dead bodies and excrement, it, it serves a purpose. Evolutionarily, disgust keeps us safe, right? So getting away from a dead body is like, yeah, I mean, that's gross. I feel gross, like about a like roadkill or something it might, might make me feel disgust and I might want to step back. That makes perfect sense, right? But when it's us, when it's our own bodies, first of all, you can't step back. You can't get away from it, which is just torture. Um, and also, you shouldn't have to, right? Because it's not actually bad for you. Your perception at that point is that it's, it's really, really bad for you. It's toxic. It's dangerous. Um, and that part is not necessarily <laughs> advantageous in any way uh, or helpful. So anyway, going back to this, I was, I was playing in the space that I get to experience something my clients experience all the time from a completely new place which is to feel like I wanted to exit my body and not return, that my body was disgusting and I didn't want to be in it anymore. What's interesting during this is that like I'm with my partner who finds me attractive and he didn't seem to mind in the slightest, you know, he would like rub my arms and I would be cringing in my head. I'd be like, oh my God, why are you touching the scabies? Like they're, they're, they're nesting little eggs and you're just rubbing them. Why would you do that? And, and this is very similar too to what my clients will report about body image stuff. They'll say, my client, um, or sorry, my, my partner wants to rub my belly 
or like during sex, they want to grab my thighs and I am just disgusted by it. I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe you would want to touch this disgusting part of me. And there's weird conflict in that for, for someone who's experiencing self-disgust when their partner doesn't feel disgust towards them. It's conflict and it's, it's confusing. It's like, why would you do that? But then, you know, you're like, okay, I guess I'm going to let you do it. It's your life, right? You, you get to do what you want. Um, I don't mind necessarily being touched. I just don't understand why you would want to. Um, and with my partner during this time, we also had sex. And so for me, the experience of sexual arousal during those days was different. It was still there because you can have like low level disgust you know, it's not going to completely erase arousal unless it's really intense, probably. Um, but, you know, low level disgust, I was able to like push it out of my mind. I was able to say, you know, my partner doesn't seem to care about this at all. So I don't have to care about this. Um, I was able to just try not to think about it, not to look at it. I wore a long sleeve one day just to be like, I can't, I just, I need this out of my field of vision. Um, but we had sex and, and it was, it was good. I mean, I, I love my sex life with my partner, but it was different. I wasn't fully present. I wasn't able to be fully in my arousal. I wasn't able to be fully in pleasure the way I normally am with him. So that was also interesting to notice. Like, shit, man, I'm not even thinking about it necessarily. It's not like I'm, I'm distracted by thinking about my skin. I just didn't get as turned on. I couldn't be as into it as I normally am. And once I discovered, okay, this isn't scabies, we're all good, all that kind of disappeared, except for the fact that I still do have a rash on my arms and back which is still a little bit disgusting to me but not nearly as much it's like it's a little bit embarrassing it's just like red patches of i don't know kind of yuckiness but but it's not the same disgust it's not like i want to leave my skin anymore it's not that really intense like holy shit this is so gross so in all of that time i experienced a completely different perspective on self-disgust than i have been able to tap into in a long time which honestly just gives me so much more empathy uh, than I already had for people who are living in this place of self-disgust because it is brutal. It is brutal. It's with you all day. It's with you anytime uh, someone looks at you or touches you. It, it becomes, it takes over this place that is supposed to be like presence in living, you know, and, and joy and pleasure in connecting in sex and intimacy. And it just sort of ruins it. Kind of ruins it. So when I work with clients in this space, we do a lot of work to reframe disgust, um, which is to say we name, we acknowledge that it's valid. There's something, something disgusting is happening here. They'll say, okay, I, I hate my, my thighs. I just think they're disgusting. And I'll say, okay, I believe that there is a disgusting thing somewhere in this story, but I don't think it's your thighs. I think that a disgusting, toxic thing that's bad for you happened a long time ago, whenever you first became self-conscious about this thing, probably, and then maybe got reinforced for you over and over after that. That is the disgusting thing. What, what was it? It was the first boy who said, called you thunder thighs. It was the first uh, partner who grabbed them and said, huh, it seems like you've gained weight. Or whatever, right? It was the first moment that you became aware that this is not okay, it's not acceptable, that it's going to cause problems, that it makes people um, want you less, or like you less, or accept you less, whatever it is. That's the toxic thing. That's the thing that's bad for you. So when you're experiencing self-disgust in a body image place, 
it's really important to name what's actually disgusting. And it's not you, it's not your body. So this is work that I, I recommend doing if you've been here. And it's, it's work that can be done on the fly too. If you've healed a lot of your body image stuff or disgust is not a normal daily occurrence for you, um, you can still do this work if it arises because that will kind of tell you like, hey, something is off, right? It's a useful emotion. If you're not normally disgusted by your body and then one day you are, that gives you interesting insight. What is the disgusting thing? And if it's about how you look, it, then the toxic thing might be diet culture. It might be your mother-in-law who just commented on how much you ate or, you know, the fact that you're, you're gaining weight or you're too skinny or, you know, whatever it is, you're, you should wear more makeup. Like any of these little moments that cause us to feel disgusting that is the disgusting thing, the moment, the boundary that got crossed there, the inappropriate or rude thing that was said to you, the harmful system that holds you to a standard of being a certain weight and having a certain appearance, believing that you owe the world being attracted. That's the toxic thing. And that can be a really useful reframe. But um, in my case, <laughs> it was not helpful in that particular way because when I went to name the disgusting thing, it was little mites laying eggs in my skin. A completely different version of self-disgust. I don't even know if it's technically self-disgust, other than the fact that they, they would be in your skin. It's not really yourself. But anyway, all of that I thought would be um, kind of an interesting way of unpacking this topic because self-disgust is a huge part of body image issues for so many. Um, I'm really curious if this lands with you. So feel free to um, yeah, reach out and find me. I'm on Instagram. You can give me, you know, your stories, your thoughts. I'm, I'm always open and available to continue these kinds of conversations. And since this is an experimental new podcast, I am not sure exactly what kind of topics I want to cover. So I'd love to hear your feedback uh, as to whether or not this is helpful. And uh, that is it. I will see you next time.